morning, church family. Let's get ready to worship the Lord today. He is our delight and He is worthy. Amen.
Good morning, Dothan First family. We're so glad that you joined us today. And if you're a first-time guest, we're especially thankful that you're here. So Dothan First, can we take a moment and just give it up for our first-time guests? It's so awesome to have you here, and we're so thankful for you. So if you don't mind, you can text D1TEXT to 84576, scan the QR code on the screen, or grab the Connect card from the pew in front of you. Fill it out with as much information as you don't mind us having, because we want to follow up with you. And if you'll hold on to those things until after service, we have a number of ways for you to follow up. You can drop it in the giving box as you exit, give it to one of our leaders in the lobby, but our pastors, Mark and Michelle Benson, would love to meet you in our guest reception room. So please, scan the QR code. QR code, grab the connect card, or text D1TEXT to 84576. And there's a number of things on there. You can sign up for growth track, baptism, child dedication. We want you involved in the life of the church. We always have so much going on here at Dothan First, and on November 2nd, we will have our front porch hangout with our brotherhood and sisterhood uh, classes. That's our men's and women's classes, and I want to invite you to be a part of that. It's always a fun time of fellowship and community where we get to laugh and eat together. So please come out November 2nd at 6.30, because every Wednesday we have something for the entire family. We have girls ministry, boys ministry, child care. But that Wednesday in particular, we're going to have men's and women's uh, hanging out on the front porch ministries. So please, November 2nd, come hang out. But every other Wednesday, you should come be a part of what God is doing here at Dothan First. Speaking of families, on October 30th at 5 p.m., we're doing our trunk or treat here on our campus, and I want to invite you to do a few things. We need a lot of candy, so you can donate candy, but we also need people to host trunks. So if you have creative ideas and you even want to partner with some of the people that you're sitting on the pew with right now, I encourage you to host a trunk. Some of us get real creative. We love to dress up, so please do that with us. It's a safe alternative for our children and for our families to come onto our campus and for us to serve them by giving them candy and just celebrate them and having a fun night together as a community. So I encourage you, October 30th at 5 p.m., bring your candy, bring your car, bring your neighbor. We want you to be here. So we have a great service planned for you today. I want to encourage you to lean in, take notes, engage in worship, because I know we not only have been praying for you, but we believe that God's going to show up in miraculous ways. So if you don't mind, let's honor our lead pastors, Mark and Michelle Benton. And by the way, today is Pastor Michelle's birthday. So can we please give them a real Dothan First welcome and honor as they come to the platform? Hey, hey. it is the... Uh... 21st anniversary of your birthday, like like it's your 21st birthday, but it's the anniversary right. of the 21st, right. something like that. And my my dear mother is going to come to give us. Hey, we just want to say we love you and thank you so much. Happy birthday! Can you give it up for my amazing wife? Thank you. Happy birthday! Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, she said, "Can I go sit down? Can I go sit down?" All right, all right. Well, she just loves that. She just loves that. Not really. Um, but we, I love to honor her in that way. And, and it's a special day today, not just for her birthday, but for a lot of reasons. Because today is a celebration of what Jesus Christ has done in your life. And if you ever miss that, if you ever show up to church just because it's the thing to do, you have missed out, friend. Uh, you got caught into religion, but today is a celebration of relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And I pray you always experience that every single week. Well, listen, Pastor Will already mentioned it, but Trunk or Treat is coming up in two weeks. And I want to make sure that each one of you has the opportunity either to sign up to create a trunk, which it doesn't have to be elaborate. It's just the opportunity for you to be Jesus' hands extended to our community. We've had thousands that have shown up 
uh, right here at our doorstep uh, just to be a part of that very special day. And we want to share with them the love of Jesus Christ. This is a great tangible way for you to be a witness. Some of you get so freaked out about being a witness. I don't know how to be a witness. I don't know, know how to share my faith. Listen, this is the perfect opportunity to be able to share the love of Jesus with a lot of families in the Wiregrass area. So I encourage all of you to sign up to have a trunk. And uh, also for those of you that say, listen, I, I don't feel I'm not going to do that or I can't do that, but I'd love to show up and help. We need a lot of helpers on that day to make it successful. So I encourage you to sign up to be a part of that. It's going to be great. Well, listen, today we're going to celebrate in giving. It's offering time. We get to give unto the Lord. How many grateful God blessed you? Amen. And uh, we're not going to pass the plate, but you can see the five different ways to give. And once again, I want to say on behalf of some amazing, amazing pastors and leaders around the world that you help to support. They're called missionaries. And we support over 60 missionaries. But over this past weekend, Michelle and I had the opportunity to be a part of something very special. It's a coalition uh, called Africa's Hope. And we are uh, dedicated to training up pastors in the most difficult region uh, in Africa, specifically Nigeria right now, where there are lots of people that are coming to faith in Christ, but not many training materials to help them be successful. And so we want to help those pastors and leaders. And we've been giving to Africa's Hope for years. And I just want to encourage you today, if God is leading you to help us to minister to ministers, to lead leaders and to help pastors who are desperate to receive the materials, they just don't have the, the funding to do so. We want to help put those training materials in the hands of pastors and leaders around the world, but specifically in Africa. And so today, if you'd like to participate in that and help us with that, I'm going to invite you to do this. If you just write the word hope, if you're giving in the giving envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you, you can just write the word hope there to let, let us know that that is going to go toward helping pastors receive hope. Specifically, uh, our target zone right now is African pastors who desperately need our help and our support. So I'm going to encourage you to do that. And you can just, as I said, write the word hope in there. And we will be glad and excited to be able to help you help them to be able to get the gospel message around the globe. And as, as we've said often, you can worship on the way out by those uh, giving boxes. But we just want to support that ministry specifically in this journey of faith. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to give. And that we get to help support missions and leaders around the world. God, thank you for our, the, the opportunities to support and come alongside leaders and pastors and to help them. And so, Lord, during this season, this October month of uh, pastor appreciation, Lord, we don't want to just appreciate the pastors here at Dothan First, but we want to appreciate pastors around the world by supporting them and helping them. And God, I pray that today, God, you would help us as we give. Lord, you give back to us exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Lord, we thank you for giving back to us, Lord. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, and we are so blessed. Lord, specifically here in the United States of America, we are blessed. 
Help us now to be a blessing with what you've given to us. Let us be a pass-through account for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you as you give. And uh, I just want to encourage the, the, you today that have come with needs. We have prayer support for you. We have our elders that are, and really they're your elders that have been praying for you all week. And they're ready to pray for you during this time of the continuation of worship. And I'm going to invite our elders, if you'd make your way toward our three stations of prayer. We've got them back here by the exit sign over here, by the exit sign back here, and up in the balcony over here. If you have a prayer need, friends, listen, we believe in healing. We believe in the healing power of Jesus Christ. If you have a, a need financially or spiritually or relationally or physically today, these elders are here to pray for you. And they are ready. These prayer partners are ready to reach out in faith with you. So in a moment, I'm going to have all of you stand. And then as we stand, you can slip back to those elders and receive prayer today for whatever need you might have. It's the biblical way to fulfill what we believe is the miracle working power of faith in Jesus Christ. Would you stand up with us? Let's worship the Lord in song. And I want you to receive prayer right now at, your, at those stations of prayer. When darkness tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I When brokenness and pain is all I know Oh, I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I
just thank you for your love this morning, Lord. We stand, we stand in your love today, God.
that today, God. There's truly no one like you in all the earth, Lord. We can never find anyone more reliable, more trustworthy than you. So today we put our hope in you, Lord. We lay our lives at your feet, Jesus. We trust you, Lord. We put our full confidence in you today. Our hope is found in you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Life can be heavy, a burden which at times seems unbearable. It's easy to find ourselves overwhelmed, weighed down, or even crushed. Often these struggles come and go, a nuisance, an annoyance, yet sometimes they grab a hold, gripping every aspect of our lives, pulling us down consuming our hope. It's hard to breathe under the weight of our anxieties. It's difficult to move forward when we're anchored to our worries. But God loves us too much to let us stay this way. He wants to replace our anxiety with hope, our fear with courage, our worries with peace, and our burdens with freedom. In moments when life begins to weigh you down, remember this one simple truth. We serve a faithful God, a God who's offered to carry our burdens and asks us to cast all our cares on Him. How many thank God we serve a faithful God? Amen? Amen. Well, go ahead, grab your copy of God's Word and say this with me. Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. And I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's Word, I'll receive God's Word, and I'll obey God's Word because I love His Word. Now go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Romans 5, 5, as you're turning there. I did hear a story one time. You know it's going to be a joke, and it might be corny, but that's all right. An 85-year-old woman had a blind date with a 92-year-old man. That 85-year-old woman came home. Her daughter met her there at the house. And she seemed so upset, so frustrated. She, and she said, Mom, what's wrong? What happened? She said, I had to slap him three times. His daughter said, oh, my goodness, Mom, did he try to get fresh with you? She said, no, I thought he was dead. So you never can tell. Mm. I know, it's bad, right? We've been talking about over the past five weeks, we've used five words in Romans 5, 5, to describe this series called Hope. We talked about having hope at work, which is some of the, one of the most difficult places to find it. And then we talked about hope in relationships and how to have hope in relationships. But these five words from Romans 5, 5, I'm sure you can probably say them with me. 
if you don't already have it memorized and remember, but it's this. Hope does not, what? Disappoint us. Hope doesn't disappoint us. And so we're in this, this nation, this world filled with hopelessness. So how do you have hope in difficult times? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to close out this series to talk about how to have hope in hopeless times. The problem is that life is filled with disappointments and struggles. And, and what I told you over the past five weeks is not how to a how-to book on how to change your circumstances. As a matter of fact, we talked about work and I didn't tell you five ways to change your boss's mind or five ways to get a promotion or five ways to get a raise or five ways to quit your job or five ways to change your spouse when I talked about relationships or five ways to make your kids obey you. No, what I did was I, I taught you how to change your perspective. And that really is one big word, one big Bible word called sanctification. Really, that's this whole message of hope has been based on this premise of sanctification, which is simply this. It's the transformation process of becoming more and more like Christ. In how we think, in, in what we say, in what we do, our actions, our attitudes, our behavior. This is not about changing your circumstances. This is about changing your mind. Romans 12 says it like this. It says you're transformed by not changing your circumstances, but by changing or the transformation of the renewing of your mind. You, you got to begin to think differently about the situation you're in. As a matter of fact, I could say it like this. Most often, it is not what you go through that changes you. It is how you deal with what you go through that changes you. And it's either going to change you for the, the, the bitter or the better. I've had people, people that I love and respect and they've gone through some of the most difficult situations you could ever experience. Loss of a child, loss of a family member, loss of a spouse, a debilitating disease. And I've watched them in faith walk through that challenge. And I've learned so much about faith and what that truly means. Trusting in God when things don't make sense, when life doesn't make sense. And I've watched them walk through it, and I've seen them come to the other side of it in hope, in faith, and I've said, that's how I want to live my life. But I've seen other people, man, God bless them, they get a hangnail, and they're like, I don't believe in Jesus anymore. It's like, what's, what's the difference between hangnail faith <laughs> and true hope? What's the difference? I want to talk about that today, and I want to teach you about that today. The process of development usually goes like this. It starts with struggle. Bad news, don't want to tell you this, I love you, I'm your pastor, I don't want to talk about this, but it's called life, struggle. You're going to have problems, you're going to have pain in this life. Why? Because this earth is broken and we have problems in this life. And we're going to deal with struggle, and so how do we deal with struggle? Well, the next phase of the process of sanctification or the process of development is called surrender. We have to move from this, this suffering and struggling to this place 
of surrender. What does surrender look like? Well, it's surrendering to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's saying, God, I can't figure this out. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it, but I still trust you. Like Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Why did Job say that? Because he knew there's something more on the end of this life. It's called eternity. And this life is just a pass-through. It is a small window of the totality of our existence. And so that's where faith begins to come. And that's where we go after the struggle and we get to the surrender. This is where the sanctification process begins, where we become more and more like Christ. It's not about what you go through. It's often how you view it. And here's what 2 Corinthians says when we deal with trouble, struggle, and trial. As a matter of fact, at almost every single funeral I've ever preached, I use this verse. So if you're going through something today, whatever it may be, you need to get ready, take notes. This message is for you. And if you're not going through struggle right now, surprise, surprise, (laughs) it's going to come. Because this world is broken, and we need hope and help in the middle of difficulty, and you need to know how to view it when it hits you. Here it is, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, and then I'm going to read 7 through 11. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that, here it is, here's the reason, So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. In other words, God comforts us so that we can give it away. So that we can extend that comfort. That God wouldn't just comfort us to to go to us, but it would go through us to other people. You are a pass-through account for God's comfort and God's love. Here it is, it goes on to say, and our hope, here's the hope we've been talking about all this time, our hope for you is firm, here it is, because we know, everybody say, because we know. It's, listen friends, the way you get through what you're going through is because of what you know about God. Or what you believe about God. If you believe in faulty thinking something about God that's against his nature or his character, if you think differently about God than who God really is, you're going to go down a wrong path. But if you know that you know who God is, you're going to be secure in difficult times. Here it is. We know that just as you share in our sufferings, you also share in our comfort. We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. Let me tell you something. These missionaries went through the worst of situations. So here he's saying, in the middle of his struggle, in the middle of his suffering, he's saying, praise be to God, the God of all comfort, in the middle of his trial. He's teaching you in the middle of suffering right here. Here's what it says. It says, we don't want you to be uninformed about the trouble. That we experience. We are under great pressure. Everybody say great pressure. All of us have been under some form of great pressure. It says far beyond the ability to endure. So that we despaired of life itself. He's like man I thought we were going to die. And I was ready to die. I was ready to go. 
because I was just sick of all the trouble in this world. I don't even want to ask you how many of you would raise your hand to say, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I know that the hands would go up all over this place if you said, man, there have been times in my life where I've been through so much duress, so much struggle, so much pressure. I felt like I just want to give up. I'm done. God, take me home. Let's keep going. He said we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. Here it is. Here's the shift. Here's this three-letter word, but. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead and dead dreams and dead hopes, right? He specializes in turning crucifixions into resurrections. He says, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril. And listen, here's the hope. Here's the faith. And he will deliver us again. On him we've set our hope. Not on circumstances. Not on the government. Not on Wall Street. On him we've set our hope. That he will continue to deliver us. Listen, as you help us by our prayer. By, listen, what he's saying is your prayers matter. The prayers of the saints matter. We need your prayers. We need each other's prayers. That's why we have life groups. That's why we have small groups. That's why I have Wednesday nights and, and, and our brotherhood and sisterhood. That's why we have these times together. Why? So that we can come together. Because prayer works and prayer matters. We are called to spend the rest of our life comforting others with the same comfort we've received. Why? Because our hope is firm because of what we know about God. I want to teach you what I know about God. I want to teach you what I know about going through difficult times because the winds of life and tragedies are going to come and I don't want you to fall over and I don't want you to crumble when difficult times come. I want you to stand firm. I want you to have the firm foundation of Jesus Christ so you can be strong in the middle of struggle. Our lives are built and have to be built and based on the solid rock of Christ Jesus and the word of Almighty God. So here we go. We face struggle. We face trial. We, we face major loss in our life. What are we going to do? How do you get through hopeless times when life doesn't seem to make sense? Well, you have hope in hopeless times if we know that God is still with us and God still loves us. That's how you get through. That's the first step of how to get through struggle is you got to know that God is for you and God loves you. That's got to be part of the, the steps of faith that you take in your mind. This is the transformation process. It's not like circumstances immediately change. The death of a, of a child or a, a loss of a loved one can be absolutely tragic but you have to transform your mind to know that God still loves you and God is still with you. Let me talk about the mystery of unanswered questions. Right? Because life can be disappointing. Michelle and I, we were on our way to the airport and uh, somebody that wasn't paying attention just rammed into the back of us, slammed into the back of us and ran us into a telephone pole. And yeah, and, and uh, you know what? If I had hair, it wouldn't hurt so bad, but my noggin is still, is still hurting from, from, that, from that crash. And it was so unexpected. I, how, I don't know how many of you have ever been in a crash before, but when, when, when we were in the crash, I still can see in slow motion my wife's body going, 
It was the craziest thing I'd ever experienced. And an hour later, we get a phone call that said from Griffin, he's like, hey, I'm in a rental car. I said, me too. Why are you in a rental car? Because my car went out of control and spun around, spun around three times, lost control of the car. An hour later, how many know sometimes life is disappointing? I said, Lord, help Cameron and Taylor and the rest of my family members if the enemy's out to take us out. What do you deal? How do you deal with life when it's disappointing? And, and the truth is, we want to know why things happen. I want to know why. And I ask the why questions all the time. Why is this happening? And many of you may have asked these same questions. Why did my spouse have to leave me? Or why didn't I get the promotion I was supposed to have gotten? Why did I lose my job? Why did this uh, debilitating disease have to come on my body? Why did my best friend have to have cancer? Why did my best friend have to die? Why did I have to go through struggle or problems or crisis or pain? Why? Why, God? Why did we have to have a miscarriage? And on this side of eternity, friend, you may not get that question answered. I need you to know this right here and right now that you might not get the answer on this side of time. And guess what? It wouldn't help. Let me give you a little little help here. This is what I know. In crisis, in struggle, in pain, in problems, in turmoil, you're going to ask why questions. And it's okay. It's human. Do you know Jesus asked a why question (laughs) on the cross. He said, why, God? My God, my God, why? And many of you have asked the same question that Jesus asked in the middle of turmoil, and it's the most human response. We want to know why. We need explanations for this problem. And I want you to understand, you might not get the answer on this side of time. You need to know that up front because when you face that that why question in the mysteries of life and you want to know why, you need to understand explanations won't help you get through the pain. Friends, God forbid that if if one of my family members had, had died in those two accidents that I just mentioned that happened just this week. I I promise you, even if I had all the explanations, it still wouldn't take away my pain or lessen it one bit. It's not wrong to ask why, but you need to understand that sometimes a cause or a reason or an explanation to figure out why doesn't change the outcome. You ever had somebody at a funeral, maybe you lost a loved one and you were at the funeral and... Uh, someone died tragically and someone, some well-meaning person, right? Like you Southerners say, God bless their heart, <laughs> right? They, they come up to you and they say something that they're trying to be nice. They're trying to think of something to say. And they say something like, I don't know. Well, God must have needed him more than you. Really? Really? God needed him more than you? Look, friends, God's not the author of death. He's not the author of death. So when it comes to these tragic losses and we try to come up with words that make sense, right? We start obsessing over the why. I'll say it like this. We get stuck in the why. It's not going to make us feel better to have an explanation 
You don't need answers. Listen, you need to hear this. Write this down. You don't need answers. You need God. You need the comfort of God. Listen, friend, don't turn away from God when you don't get the answer you're looking for. You need the comfort of God. You need the presence of God. You need the peace of God. You don't need an explanation. You need God. And when you don't get the questions to the answers, or the, the answers that you're looking for, rather, you can get stuck in the why. But friends, if you don't get stuck in the why and you move on to surrender, guess what happens? Sanctification begins. This is the metamorphosis, like, just like the caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. The cocoon is the time of trust. I've heard it said like this, there's no growth without change. There's no change without loss. There's no loss without pain. And there's no pain without grief. You don't grow in comfort. You grow in the middle of difficulty. And one day in heaven, thank God, my questions will get answered. My whys will be answered. But until then, my brain isn't big enough to figure it all out. And I have to learn to trust the almighty God who knows the beginning from the end to help me work it out. God has not promised to give us explanations for why everything happens. But he has promised that you're not going to go through it alone if you'll trust him. Matter of fact, the real test of your faith is what you do when you don't get the answer. What do you do when you don't get the answer? And surrender, by the way, is the only pathway to peace. When you say, God, I trust you anyway. In the middle of this, whatever this is for you, I trust you anyway. Friends, there are 6, 000, over 6,000 promises in the Bible. But let me give you just a few about God's love his deep love for you when you go through pain. Because sometimes we feel alone in our pain and you need to understand God's with you. Here it is, Isaiah 43, 2. God says it like this. When you go through deep waters, if I say deep waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. You'll walk through the fire and you'll not be burned up. It'll not consume you. In Hebrews chapter 13, here in the New Testament, verse 5, God says it like this. I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. He says this over and over and over again in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, from cover to cover of this book, God says over and over, I'm not going to leave you alone. I won't abandon you. I will be with you. But in our isolation, when we isolate ourselves because of our pain, and we begin to put up walls because we don't want to be vulnerable. Friends, I understand sometimes we put up walls around us to keep others out, but don't keep God out. Don't keep God out. You may have been rejected or abandoned here on this earth by a parent or by a friend or by a spouse, but God will never abandon you. He won't leave you alone. And when you go through temptation... Or, or through difficulty or, or trial, you start to think or believe that God's forgotten you. Do you know it's, it's impossible for God to forget you? You were made by God to be loved by God. He does not forget you, especially in pain. Isaiah 49, 15 says it like this. I love this verse. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast or the child that she's born? Listen, no woman, I'm not a lady, but no woman while she's nursing a baby, forgets that she has a baby. Just saying. 
I could go on, but I'm not going to. But he says, even, he goes on to say, even if that were possible for a mama to forget the baby that she's nursing, even if it was possible, he says, I'll never forget you. Look, he says, I engraved you on the palm of my hands. Come on, somebody. A lot of people get tattoos remembering uh, when a loved one has passed away. They get a little tattoo of the, maybe the person's name or maybe even the, some artists put like the face of that person. God says, I engraved you on the palm of my hand so I will never forget you. Friends, listen, Jesus has a tattoo of you. He engraved you on the palm of his hands. Where did he get that tattoo? On the cross. Jesus stretched out his arms wide and he said, I love you this much. I made you to love you. And I promise you, these nail scars are going to remind me of you because I love you this much. No one in, in heaven is going to have scars except Jesus. He has them on his hands to remember you. He's got them on his feet to remember you. He's got it in his side to remember you. He has it on his head to remind you that he loves you. He loves you. So even when you don't understand what you're going through, you need to do this and know this. I may not have the solutions. I may not have all the answers. I may not have the reasons. I may not have the explanations. But I do have the presence of God who will never, that will never leave me and never forsake me. Friends, the Bible says that God even stored up every tear you've ever cried. It doesn't talk about many physical elements that will be stored up in heaven. But God stored away, kept every tear you've ever cried. You thought it fell to the floor or went into the tissue when you dabbed your face. But I'm telling you, God stored every one of them. Why? Because he loves you that much and he knows the pain that you experienced when you cried. And my dad calls them liquid prayers. That tears are simply liquid prayers to God. But if you hold on to God when life doesn't make sense, he will help you. You can still have hope in the midst of struggle. Psalm 34.18 says it like this, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He's close. If you're going through something right now, God's close. You need to know God's close. Whatever you're facing, God's close. He's not far away. He's close. He may feel far away because of the pain that you've experienced, but I promise you, friend, he is as close as the mention of his name. I, I want you to know everything on this earth is broken. Every bit of it. But we can have hope in hopeless times if we know that God is good and he's got an eternal plan. Friends, I want you to know life does not make sense. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Bad people prosper while good people suffer. So the question is, why do bad things happen to good people? And I'm going to answer it. You ready for this? Let me introduce you to this concept. This is earth, not heaven. Profound, but true. <laughs> this isn't heaven. 
I mean, they can sing all kinds of love songs about it. Heaven, I'm in heaven. I can sing all kinds of love songs about it. They can call earth heaven all you want, and you can have what I would call heavenly experiences here on earth, but this ain't heaven. This is earth, and everything on earth is broken. Nothing on this planet works perfectly. Why ever since sin and evil entered this world, it messed everything up. Sin broke the planet. And everything in this earth is broken. God didn't want it that way, by the way. That's not the way he wanted it. He created this garden called Eden. It was perfect. He created humans, and they were living in the garden, and everything was great and wonderful. And Satan shows up and deceives them into believing that it would be better if they made themselves a god instead of trusting God. And instead of paradise, they ended up in pain. And sin broke the planet. The weather doesn't work perfectly. Why? We have hurricanes and tornadoes, right? Earthquakes, floods, fires. You want to know why? Sin broke the planet. The economy doesn't work, right? Why? Because sin broke the planet. Our bodies don't work right. Come on, somebody. Can anybody attest to this one? Because sin broke the planet. It messed up our DNA, Relationships don't work perfectly here on this earth. Why? Because sin broke the planet. Our brains don't work perfectly, which is probably why we don't get all the answers to the questions of why. Our brains are busted, man. Faulty thinking. Compulsions, desires, attractions, fears, depression, worry, anger, anxiety, and I go on and on and on. Our brains are busted. Sin broke the planet. Isaiah 24 says it like this in verse 5. The earth suffers for the sins of its people. Or in other words, because of the sins of the people, the earth suffers. Everything's broken. Listen to this. And this, this should sound a whole lot like what we've been experiencing over the last number of years. For they have twisted the instructions of God. When people start twisting the word of God, they become just like Satan in the garden. He twisted God's words. He, made, he tried to make God out to be a liar. It said, here, here it goes, they twisted the instructions of God. They violated his laws. Anybody see that in the world today? And they broke his covenant. We broke the covenant. God made a covenant. He did all that he was supposed to do. He created us. He gave us a garden. He made it perfect. We were living in paradise. Everything was great. But we messed up and we broke the planet because of our sin, because of our willful disobedience against God. And guess what? Just at the time you're about ready to get really mad at Adam and Eve and you say, well, if I would have been Adam or Eve, I wouldn't have done that. Guess what? You already did. You broke the planet. Just turn to your neighbor and tell them you broke the planet. Go ahead. <laughs> Just let them know. Remind them. They sinned too. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it says this, therefore the earth has been broken down and utterly collapsed. Everything's lost, abandoned, and confused. Listen, because of sin, our whole society is right now in a state of confusion. Over identity, over sexuality, over life, over truth, over family. Come on, somebody. We're confused. You want to know why? Because sin broke the planet. 
So why is the brokenness and suffering in the world? I answered it because of sin and evil that's in the world. So why is there sin and evil in the world? Because God gave us a free choice, a free will to choose. He loved us. Listen, he created us in his image so that we could be like him to have the ability to make choices. Otherwise, we would be robots, not truly loving. So we could choose to reject him or accept him. That was our free will to choose. We could choose life or we could choose death. That and we chose death. And we keep on choosing it, stupidly enough. You say, well, man, we choose to commit sin. Why doesn't God just eliminate all the sin in the world? Oh, that would, you know what? He can. Just eliminate all of us. Hey, hey, you want that? No problem. Snap his fingers we're gone. <laughs> and all the sin disappears with us. Or he could give us an, a, an alternative to that by in that covenant, because in a covenant, what happens when the covenant is broken is there's a new covenant that has to be established. It's in the New Testament. When the testator dies, <laughs> then a new covenant can be established, just like in a wedding ceremony. Till death do you part. Well, if one of us dies, we get to start all over again. So guess what happens? Jesus was sent to this earth. God in human flesh. He said, I'm going to die. I don't want all of you to die. So I'll die, he said. And he took all the sin upon himself. And he said, now, here's, a, here's your second chance. I'm going to give you grace and mercy and love and forgiveness. And all you have to do is believe on me and you'll be saved for eternity for eternity we all sinned and sin hurts people and sometimes intentionally and sometimes unintentionally friends i want you to know for thousands of years we've all uh, human beings have been hurting each other right some of you could be driving home and everything's just fine and someone that's drunk gets in a car, makes a wrong decision, a sinful, immoral decision to get into a car and takes you out. It's not your fault. It's no fault of yours. But listen, we think of somebody else's sin that affects us, but it's hard for us to realize and remember that our sin affects other people too. Your sin and my sin affects other people. Listen, you might be able to think you got away with it, but listen, friends, it affects everybody around you. For generations to come, every sin affects every part of our DNA. You might say, if everything's broken, then where do we get hope from? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because I'm going to answer it. <laughs> because we know that God is good and God has an eternal plan. He gives it to us. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 gives us this picture of an understanding. It says, all things, everybody say all things. Work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. This is one of the most misunderstood, misinterpreted, misused verses in the Bible. Notice what it doesn't say. It does not say all things are good. I shared a little bit of this with the young adults in the service just a few weeks ago. But when you're making cookies and you're putting all the ingredients together, there's some really good ingredients. I love homemade chocolate chip cookies, and there's some really good ingredients in there that I love. Butter, yeah, down with the butter. All about the butter. 
My wife makes fun of me with a baked potato. I put more butter than there is potato. I'm just saying. That's me. Come on, Paula Dean. Give me some butter. I'm just saying. That's Sugar, absolutely. I'm totally down. Rot my teeth right out of my face. I'm, I love sugar. Give it to me in the spoonfuls. I'm down with it. Brown sugar, that's fantastic. I like making French toast, put a little brown sugar in there. Awesome stuff. I'm telling you, these are going to be some good cookies. Now we got chocolate chips. Oh, give me some chocolate chips. And then it comes to the weirdest ingredient out of all of them, the flour and the eggs and all this other stuff. Now it comes down to one ingredient, and it doesn't make sense, baking soda. Anybody want some baking soda? Just a spoonful. Let's go ahead right now. Come on. Baking soda challenge right now. Blow up Twitter right now. Why don't we like that? Because baking soda is bitter. I don't like bitter ingredients in my batter. How many know what I'm talking about? But the batter is better because of the bitter. Why? I just made that up just now. It's not in my notes, but somebody tweet that. That is killer right there. I couldn't even say that twice if I wanted to. Listen, these cookies will not rise without the bitter ingredients. Can I just tell you, God is trying to teach you in the bitter moments that he wants to help you rise to the occasion to make you better, not bitter. But the bitter moments in life teach us how to be better. Without struggle, without pain, without loss, without crisis, without grief, without going through difficulty, we will never grow into who God's calling us to become. All things aren't good. Sin isn't good. Suffering isn't good. Evil isn't good. Racism isn't good. Bigotry isn't good. Rape isn't good. Terrorism isn't good. Cancer isn't good. Abuse isn't good. And friends, God's not the author of any of those things. God is good. His will is good. But everything that happens is not good on this earth. And listen, not everything that happens on this earth is God's will. A lot of people confuse heaven and earth when it comes to this. This is not heaven. In heaven, everything is perfect. Why? Because God's will is done perfectly. In heaven, it's always perfect because God's will is always done perfectly. But on earth, it's broken because God's will, listen, is rarely done. That's why Jesus said in the prayer, right, where he taught us to pray, he asked us to pray that his will be done on earth, what? Why would he have us pray that? Because it's rarely done here in the the earth. It's hardly, his will is hardly ever done here on the earth. How is his will distributed? It's distributed among his followers. When we do his will... His will is done on the earth. But sin abounds on the earth, and it's God's will is rarely done on the earth. Most things that happen on this planet are not God's will. God is not the author of death. God is not the author of destruction. God is not the author of evil. God is not the author of sin. 
But death and destruction exist because it is the result of sin and evil. And listen, you need to understand right here and right now, you have an enemy on this planet. His name is Satan. He's not, by the way, Satan is not in hell right now. Bible says he roams around this earth looking for people to destroy. He's looking for you to mess you up, to destroy your life. I'm telling you, look, my dad has said it, uh, it, so many times. I think it's so funny when he says, he's like, look, even if I didn't believe in God, I'd have to believe there's a devil. I'm just saying I've seen too much. Come on. People deny the existence of Satan, but Satan wants to ruin and destroy your life. His will is to keep, Satan's will is to keep you away from God, to doubt God's word. That's his number one priority is for you to doubt God's word. That's what happened in the garden of paradise. And if you think that Satan was good in the garden, give him a few thousand years to figure out how we work. Satan hates you. He wants you to turn away from the God that loves you. And everything that happens in your life as a believer, God can turn it for good. He's going to work it for good. Even the bad, God specializes in bringing good out of bad situations. But I want you to focus, listen, in the moment of suffering, and this is very difficult, but this is, this is the process of sanctification. I want you to learn to focus on not the problem, but on the promise. What promises do you have from God? Because sometimes we focus so much on the problem and God is trying to focus us on the process that gets us to the promise. And I want to give you some reassurance. Whatever you're facing, no matter what it is, God is going to bring you through it. If we live in words that my mom taught me many years ago, in the light of eternity. If you live in the light of eternity, friends, in heaven, there's no more pain, there's no more sorrow, there's no more suffering. There is hope because of heaven. And, and I'm going to invite the worship team to come as we close out. Romans 5, verses 3 through 5 says it like this. We can have joy even in our troubles. Here it is. Three words. What are the next three words? What is it? What is it? Because we, what? Because we know. Because of what we know. What do you know? I've been teaching you this whole series about hope. What do you know? See, I gave you the five words, and you thought for five weeks I was landing on five words. But here's the punch in the stomach. <laughs> here's the reality check. Here's the teaching moment. Here's the life lesson. You need to remember this right here. We can have joy even in our trouble because we know that these troubles produce endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces what? And this hope will not disappoint us. See, you got to have the text in context. It's all about hope. It's all about hope. Everything's hopeful. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. No, it's not all good. But something that's bad can turn to good. We have hope because we endure. It's because of what we know that the troubles produce endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. Here it is. Hope doesn't disappoint us because. Everybody say because. 
because God has poured his love to fill our hearts. Trials are temporary but necessary. Let me say that again. Trials are temporary, I hate to say it, but necessary to produce strength of character. And God can speak to you through your pain, friends. It's what you know that gets you through. And it's time for us to dig our roots spiritually down deep into the soil of God's love, the foundation of his truth, his grace, his mercy, his faithfulness, his love. And when the roots go down deep and the winds begin to blow, we won't get knocked down. When troubles come, it produces endurance and character in hopeless times. Hope doesn't disappoint us. How do you have hope in hopeless times? If you know that this earth is not the end of the story. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9 says it like this. We often suffer, but we're not crushed. Even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. In times of trouble, God is with us. Everybody say, God is with us. And when we're knocked down, we get up again. I get knocked down but I'll get up again. Okay. Because we know, everybody say, because we know. God raised the Lord back to life, and just as he raised Jesus, he will also raise us back to life. Friends, this is not the end of the story. Cameron said it the other day. We were uh, at the top of one of uh, New York's highest buildings. She's like, I would love to bungee jump off of this building right now. And she and I gave a look to each other like, yeah, we both would love to do that right now. And her mother looked at us like we were crazy. She's like, you could die jumping off this thing, bungee jumping. Are you crazy? She said, well, I mean, even if I die, I go to heaven. So it's like not the worst thing. And she's like, okay. It's a little bit broken theology, but I get the point. This is not our home. This is not our home. It goes on to say it like this. Just as he raised Jesus, he also raised us back to life and will bring us into his presence together. What is that? It's heaven. Friends, it's time to start rebuilding hope. You can't live without hope. Even in the midst of painful experiences, you need to know there is still hope. How are you going to get hope? You got to have a bigger picture, a better perspective, a longer view. Stop thinking of just the here and now. If this is all there is, we are all doomed to destruction. You need to stop thinking this is all there is. You need to start thinking in the light of eternity. If you just look at what's happening right now, you're going to feel hopeless. But in the light of eternity, you realize this life is just in preparation for the next one. You might get 100 years out of this life, maybe, if you're fortunate. If you're fortunate, you'll get 100 years. 100 years is nothing in the light of eternity. 100 years in light of billions and trillions of eternal years in heaven. This life is a pass-through. This, this is the backstage for the real show that's about to go down. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says it like this, so we don't focus. Everybody say, don't focus. We don't focus on the troubles we see right now. Instead, we look, what? Forward. 
to what we don't see yet. For the troubles we see now are temporary. Thank God it's not going to last for eternity. But for the joys to come, they will last forever. Listen, one day Jesus is going to come back, or if we die and go to be with him, listen, he's going to settle the score. He's going to even the odds. He's going to pay off the debts. He's going to heal all the hurts. But until that point, the Bible tells us, don't forget, this ain't heaven. Let me tell you what's happening in heaven. Revelation 21.4 says, Then God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the the old order of things will what? Pass away. You know what? We talk about death. We say that person passed away. But one day, this earth will pass away. And over the next few weeks, Lord willing, I'm going to teach you about what the next phase is going to look like. It's called eternity. I want to talk to you about the realities of heaven and hell. But today, I want you to just rest assured, no matter what you're facing or going through, today, you can know God loves you. He is for you. This is not the end. This is only the beginning. If you live in the light of eternity, you can experience joy forever, forever in heaven. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that we can live in the light of eternity. This is not the end of the story. But Lord, the decisions that we make on this earth will determine our destiny, our eternal destiny. And I pray in this moment that people that are uh, God-fearing would turn their attention toward eternity. And those that may be struggling through times of testing and and they're questioning their faith or they're doubting. The enemy has put doubt in their mind about God and who he is, his love for them. But Lord, today I pray they would be drawn in to make a decision that's eternal. If you just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed, those watching online, listen very closely to what I'm about to say. This is not our eternal home. But the decision that we make, the willful decision that we choose to make right here, right now, can affect, can affect our eternal destiny. And I invite you into the greatest decision you could ever make in all of your life. If there's sin that's separating you from God, today you need to know, today is the day of salvation for you. If you've never made a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Here's what it looks like. We're not used to the word Lord because uh, we have a democracy here and we don't have kings and queens and so uh, we don't often use the word Lord, but it's, the, it's synonymous with the word boss. He's our boss. He's, our, he, he's the one that we take instructions from. Today, I'm inviting every person in this house to make Jesus Christ the Lord, the Savior, the boss of your life, to forgive your sins and to give you a fresh start. And if that's you, friend, I want you to know God's here today. His love is here today. His mercy is here. And it's ready for you to receive it. All you have to do, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. The Bible says that uh, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but that we can come back in faith to God if we'll just repent of those sins and walk humbly before God. So I'm inviting you right now, every person in this room within the sound of my voice and watching online, I'm inviting you right now 
make a decision, an eternal decision to follow Jesus Christ. Friend, you don't have to go to hell. You can go to heaven after this earth is over. And I want to invite you right now to make that eternal decision. You'd say, Mark, I'm not sure. I don't really know for positive sure. The Bible says you can know. These things have been written that you might know that you have eternal life. You can know right now. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to make a decision. I'm going to invite you to slip up your hand, acknowledging by that raised hand, Mark, that's me. Include me in this prayer right now, this eternal decision right now. If that's you all over this place, I'm going to invite you right now on the count of three. One, two, three. I want you to slip up your hand. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. Come on. This is your moment to be sure. You can know that you know. God bless you. Yes. God bless you over here. Yes. I'm just scanning the balcony, the main floor. If that's you, just slip up your hand. That's you today. Come on. Come on. God's reaching out to you. He's given you his love, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness. You just have to accept it by faith. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. I want to invite all of you into this prayer right now. Watching online, you can pray this prayer with us. I want everybody to pray this prayer out loud. Can you pray this with me? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you stand up and celebrate? All of heaven rejoices. Come on, let's give them a standing ovation right now. Come on. today we celebrate your goodness and I pray for those who may be struggling with grief, loss discouragement hopelessness God I pray you would wrap your loving arms around them and let them know you're right beside them, you're close just as close as the mention of your name and for those that may be watching online going through such struggle that Lord, there may be even people in this room or watching online that are so discouraged, so hopeless, they're on the brink of suicide. Lord, we break the back of that in Jesus' name, and we infuse hope by your word that gives life. Lord, we thank you in advance for hope, Lord, today that gives new life and new perspective to the hopeless. I pray you would comfort those in difficulty right now with the comfort that only you can provide and help us as your people to comfort others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, today, if you're going through struggle, I want you to know we're here for you. We love you. 
We want to help you in the journey of faith. And for those that are first-time guests here today, I'm going to dismiss our leadership team. We're going to head back to a special guest reception area that's created just for you. Maybe it's the second or third time that you've been here, but we haven't had a, a, a chance to be formally introduced. We'd love that opportunity. So out the doors and to the left is our guest reception. You'll see a sign out front to, to, to let you know what that is. And we'll be waiting for you. We just want to give you a gift. For those that are first-time guests, take a moment, fill out the card that's in the seat pocket in front of you so we can know a little more about you. And then just exchange that for a gift today. We'd love to be able to do that. And for those that may be uh, going through some difficulty, you can let us know of prayer requests. You can use that QR code or text D1TEXT to 84576. Let us know how we can pray for you. We want to help encourage you and lift your faith. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you so that you wouldn't have to have hopelessness, but you could have hope. I bless you to be a blessing to your family, your friends, your coworkers, to your, to your spouse and to your kids and grandkids. I bless you to be a blessing to this city and to this world, to be the hands of Christ extended to a lost and hurting world. I bless you to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of today? I pray you did. Hey, we love you. God bless you. We'll see you either this Wednesday or next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.